Welcome to the Random Dental Articles podcast. This is a weekly newsletter in audio form that will focus on various areas of dentistry based on a collection of articles from the best ranked magazines. Hi there everyone, so this week we are going to be talking for new articles, in this case they are going to be related to orthodontics, which is a newbie, whitening, another newbie, implantology, that's repetition, but other themes is going to be a newbie as well, so this is an important one. We're going to start off with orthodontics, an article by Wang in 2022, named Clinical Effectiveness of the Eruption Guide Appliances in Treating Malocclusion in the Mixed Dentition, a systematic review and meta-analysis. So this system, the Eruption Guidance Appliance, an EGA, was developed in 1975 and it's one of many that is part of the phase 1 orthodontic treatment that is recommended for some types of malocclusion. This study aimed to review and summarize clinical evidence of its effectiveness. From 218 articles resulted 7 studies between one randomized clinical trial, other clinical trials and one prospective cohort study. There were short-term changes in the early mixed dentition, namely favorable dentoalveolar changes with the overjet and overbite decrease, similar effectiveness to other functional appliances such as the Frankel II, still only the overjet correction was maintainable. Also in the short term, there was a mild skeletal effectiveness with an increase in SNB but no changes in SNA. So the EGA can't restrain maxilla growth but can enhance mandibular growth or guide forward position of the mandible, similar to twin block appliances. There were limitations to this study, namely there's a considerable heterogeneity in the sample size, there was only one RCT that was used, and in terms of quality of the studies, the meta-analysis of overjet and overbite was of high quality, but the SNB and SNA parts of the article had moderate quality. The second article is The Newbie of Whitening by Frank in 2021, named Comparison of Bleaching Efficacy of Different Agents Used for Internal Bleaching, a Systematic Review and Meta-Analysis. So when non-vital or endodontically treated, there's a frequent aesthetic impairment that teeth develop over time. In this case, discoloration. This can be caused by contamination of the pulp cavity or root filling materials. The classic bleaching agents are hydrogen peroxide, carbamide peroxide and sodium perborate. This systematic review was conducted in November 2020, resulting in 8 studies from which only 6 were included in the meta-analysis. First of all, the Delta SGU consists of the difference between the SGU, which is shade guide unit, value post-bleaching from the SGU value at baseline and the value can vary from 1 to 16. And the delta E is a color change delta that uses a colorimeter or a spectrophotometer to assess the color deviation within the L, A and B color space. In terms of the results of the study, the overall bleaching effect was of 6.27 delta SGU and 12.83 delta E and there was statistical significance. There weren't significant differences between bleaching agents, although sodium perborate alone was less effective when compared to the rest of them. Carbamide peroxide, hydrogen peroxide and the combination of hydrogen peroxide with sodium perborate. There were no differences between sodium perborate alone 
when compared to it combined with carbamide peroxide. When using sodium perborate, there's a need for more bleaching sessions. Finally, greater results are seen in younger patients because of their larger diameter in dentinal tubules, leading to an easier diffusion. Still, no comparable long-term outcome data in terms of color stability. And a final tip, when there's an insufficient seal of the pulp chamber, there will be a color relapse. The third article this week is about implantology from Lashkarizade in 2021. Is it safe to reuse healing abutments? An experimental study on IL-1 beta and TNF-alpha cytokine levels in peri-implant cravicular fluid. This is a great question that some colleagues asked me. Um, this is a great question that normally appears when we're thinking about should we reuse this healing abutment that has been served three times in three different patients even after sterilization. So let's see. This is a randomized double-blind clinical trial that aimed to assess the question of reutilizing healing abutments. We know that they're temporarily used as well as sterilized before their usage, but when studied in vitro, there has been shown that the autoclave seam can completely remove organic matter and that there were surface debris areas without adherent cells. This is a clinical study comparing inflammatory factors between new and used healing abutments. So for this, 60 patients, 27 with new healing abutments and 33 with used healing abutments were evaluated after a period of two months. The used healing abutments had between two to five usage times and the results were that there were no statistically significant differences between both groups when comparing plaque index and bleeding and also comparing the inflammatory factors concerning TNF-alpha and IL-1-beta these pro-inflammatory cytokine levels were also statistically insignificant in terms of their differences. So in conclusion, I'm not going to say this as a definite result, but we can say that reusing healing abutments, of course, when thinking about two to three times usage, may not produce inflammation. Finally, we have a burnout article from Moro 2022. Burnout syndrome among dentists, a systematic review and meta-analysis. Burnout syndrome is characterized by physical, emotional and mental exhaustion due to professional depletion. This condition also includes emotional exhaustion, meaning lack of enthusiasm and tension, depersonalization, meaning emotional insensitivity to colleagues and patients, and reduced personal accomplishment, meaning low self-esteem and tendency to self-deprecation at work. Dentists are part of the high-risk group for burnout syndrome due to being working in an unhealthy environment because of its noise, because of radiation exposure, and also having increased contact to infectious agents, high and durable levels of concentration, and focus of vision for small areas. For this study, 37 articles were included with 8,823 participants. And so the prevalence of this syndrome among dentists is about 13%. The proportion of dentists experiencing significant burnout is low when compared to other studies conducted with pediatric nurses and doctors. More than half of dentists have moderate to high emotional exhaustion 
29% moderate and 25% high. This is dissociate from depersonalization results. This doesn't affect relationships between dentists and patients or co-workers. There were also good results in terms of personal accomplishments. So that's a good point. Strategies to reduce emotional exhaustion should be pursued like leisure activities, relaxation and management of emotions. And that's it for this week. Thank you for being there and we'll see you next week. Bye.